And so this morning, I just want to kick off, uh, uh, you know, the series this morning. We're calling it Frequency, and Zach will be uh, doing the other parts. But, you know, how many I remember as a, as a, as a young kid, and, and, and sometimes you'd get in your radio with my, grand, my, my grandmother, and we'd be looking for a radio station. And he used to you know, try to find the frequency. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, the number one most asked question by those who, uh, who have a relationship with God is, how do I hear the voice of God? And that's what I love about coming to Crowley. Y'all ask good questions. Amen. And see, yeah, we often think that we hear God's voice, but we're, we're just not sure. You know, we go, was that God? Was it me? Was it the pizza I ate late last night? Yeah, you know, truth is we serve a God who speaks. How many believe God still speaks today? And, and hearing God's voice is not just for people in the Bible. He speaks to people today. And we think sometimes, well, you know, that was so long ago. What, you know, people, what is that? This is called the Bible. It has pages. Okay? And, and so, although, you know, throughout this series, our, our goal is just to help you to learn to distinguish the voice of God over your own and over the enemy's voice. So if you want, here's a theme verse we're going to have. It's John chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. And Are we going to post it up there? We don't have that? Okay. It says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep, look, I like what it says. It says, listen to his voice. That's the thing you need to underline. His sheep, listen, he calls his his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he is about to, when he when he has brought brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize. Look what it says: a stranger's voice. You know, I'm not a shepherd, but I've read books about shepherding. There's a, there's a classic. That uh, Philip Keller wrote, he said, uh, a shepherd's look at Psalm 23, and he begins to talk about, he raises sheep in New Zealand, and he talks about how, you know, I don't know if you know New Zealand, there's more sheep than people on the whole islands. And he begins to talk about how, you know, it's like I can have a whistle or a call, and my sheep know my voice, and, I, and they can literally mingle with other herds. And if, the, if that shepherd just whistles or calls him, the sheep know his voice, and they'll separate. And see, for many of you are in the middle of decision, maybe in a decision-making process, and it's critical you learn to hear the voice of God. You know, you, how, many of you, how many of you say, you know, Pastor Bubba, raise your hand if you say, man, I need to learn to hear God's voice in my life. Okay? All right. Good. I've been praying all week that today's, today God's voice would break through the noise and the frequency and the static in your life. And so what are we going to Proverbs says it like this. Proverbs 3, 6 in the message says, listen for God's voice in everything you do and everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. God doesn't have a speaking problem. I believe that sometimes we have a hearing problem. You know, my, my, I have to wear hearing aids now because I'm in advanced age. It's the truth. And what happens is I used to, my wife used to think, you know, you don't listen to me. I, you know, it's, it's, it's a good when you have a hearing problem because you have selective hearing. And wives are going, I knew you were doing that to me. But, you know, there, and, and what happened is I remember, y'all going to laugh at me, but it's a truth. But I've had a hearing problem all my life. 
and I, I flunked hearing tests and all that. My mom wouldn't believe me. She thought I just wanted to have a hearing. Remember when you were a kid, you wanted glasses, so you'd lie, so you can get glasses. Anybody? Get? Pastor Bubba, you were bad, but anyway. But, but I remember, and, and then I remember when I got my hearing aid. This is the truth. Y'all might think it's funny. I, I went to the bathroom, and I hadn't heard a piece of toilet paper tear in like 35 years. When I tore that, I went in, I told my wife, I said, you're not going to believe this. I said, I haven't heard toilet paper tear forever. And she goes, are you serious? Is that that? Absolutely. But see, you know what I believe this? God, you know what? Luke says it like this. Luke 8, 8 says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. It was actually Jesus talking about hearing the Spirit of God. See, God's saying if you could just tune in and do what is necessary to cut through all the noise, you would hear me. How many of you know we got a lot of noise in our lives? A lot of frequency, a lot of distractions. And see, Luke, let's, this is what we're going to read here. Luke uh, chapter 8, verse 5, 5 through 8. It says, a farmer went out to sow his seed. We understand about farming in this region. As he is scattering the seed, some fell along the path. And it was trampled on. And the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still, other seed fell on good soil. And it came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he, when he had said this, he called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. God's speaking, but oftentimes his words are landing in not, in the, uh, land, not landing in the right places. What do you mean? It's just like the seeds. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God in, in the Bible. And here, preparing to hear. See, Jesus gives us four different uh, kind of ways or scenarios you are... Uh, and one of them may be you in your category of where you're at in your life. And see, he, he's, here's the first one. Scripture gives us the path. Verse, uh, verse 12 said, those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes. How many of you ever felt like the devil just came in your life? I mean, you can be doing good and all of a sudden like, what the heck? And it and takes away the word from your heart so that they may not believe and be saved. It's like this. Your husband can say something to you. And, and, and it was sweet. It was nice. And all of a sudden the enemy reminds you of some time. And he said some other thing to you. And go, ah, he's just not sincere. He's not real. He's trying to get something. I know all men. It's like the old lady I met when she said, Pastor Bubba. She goes, all them men's the same. They meow all day. but They, 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 they bark all day. But they meow at night. Yeah. Y'all get that later anyway. And so what happens is the first one is I want to talk. It's called the polluted heart. God is trying to speak, but the hidden darkness of the junk in the trunk, the junk in our hearts are polluting us. You see, when we're unable to hear what God is saying, when we refuse to confront the pollution or the darkness, how many know that we all sin? Come on. How many have ever lied? Come on. How many of you have never lied? If you raise your hand, you're a liar. Anyway, just, Okay. We've all done it. We've all unrepented sin is, is what pollutes our heart. What does that mean? What is unrepented? It means there's something that you hold on to that you're not willing to deal with. 
And see, unrepentant sin will cause you to carry around shame and guilt. And shame and guilt will lead to depression and oppression in your life. Because you're not willing to deal. You know, see, sometimes we want to, we want to deal with the, the branches of our life instead of getting to the root. Amen? And sometimes we need to dig down and get to the root and pull that thing up. And see, what happens is unrepentant sin feels like a stone tied around your ankle and you're trying to swim. You know, not only does it unrepentant sin uh, pollute your heart, but there's one more factor. People will pollute your heart. How many of you, you know, sometimes we just let what people say. Remember that whole thing, sticks and stones will, you know, break my bones. Well, words will never hurt. That's a lie. Words hurt and they stick. I've met people that the words that people spoke years ago are still attached to them. And they've allowed that to pollute their heart and begin to and not trust other people. You know, and it's a, there, there, there's, there's a way to forgiveness, and it's so important. Bitterness cannot flourish where forgiveness flows. You just need to stop saying, oh, well, God never speaks to me. The truth is, he's always speaking. You just can't hear because your heart is polluted. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like the weeds of life. If you plant beans, what do you get? Come on, it's not a trick question. Okay, if we plant rice in this area, what do you get? If you plant nothing, what do you get? No, you get weeds. You get weeds. And that's where a lot of people are in their lives. They're, still, they're trying to pick up the weeds of their life and can't get to the issue of what's really going on in their life. James 1.21 says, get rid of all the filth and evil in our lives and, and humbly accept the message God has planted in your heart. For it is, it is strong enough to save your soul. In other words, don't miss this. For many of you, hearing God's voice starts with this, with repentance. What does that mean? Today, if you choose to repent, many of you, and so we hear that and we think that's such a religious word. You hear it, you know, it, it's what happens is that I see my sin, I identify my sin, and I go, God, I don't want this anymore. And the Bible says to cast our cares or cast our sins, to cast our worries on him. And the Bible says he will take care of us. How many of you would rather God take care of you than allow the pollution and the junk in your trunk trying to take care of you? And that's really what he's saying. And see, what happens is in, in this portion right here, you can't begin a new life until you turn from the old. And see, Luke uh, 8, 13 says, And the rocky soil represents those who hear the message with joy. But like young plants in such, in such soil, soil, their roots don't go very deep. They believe for a while, but then they wilt when the hot winds of testings blow. How many of you ever met people that have been on fire for God and all of a sudden some things get rough in their life and they turn their back on God? You know, this is what, this is whenever you hear the, I mean, you can come and hear the best sermon in all your life if you have ever heard. But as soon as those, those uh, as soon as you get out of the four walls, what happens is something else got in the way and it started competing with your attention and all of a sudden you forgot about what maybe God was speaking and you allowed that thing or, or that issue or that person come on issues sometimes are people come on you know they say hey did you hear that T-boys coming to the family reunion oh lord I'm not going 
Because here's the reality, is that sometimes we try to blame it on things when sometimes God's really trying to get to us. Hello? And it might not be T-boy or T-girl, it might be T-you. And so what happens, something else gets in. So the second thing is called, it's, it's, it's a distracted heart. See, distraction can even be good things. Many of you don't hear from God because we're so distracted about talking about something else. Have you ever tried to talk to someone during a good football game? Come on. Oh, what would you say? Oh, they meant LSU just scored. Hey, we beat Alabama. Ah! You know, the crowd goes crazy. It's hard. You have all these competing voices, and it just makes it harder to hear. God is talking, but we're so distracted, we can't distinguish his voice. My greatest distraction is this. Look at me. Come on. I've got my Bible app. I've got Fox News. I've got uh, Facebook, email, texts, messages, phone calls. Come on. And what happens, technology is a huge blessing. Now, I mean, but it can also be a huge curse. It can be a big distraction. You know, too much technology drowns out the voice of God, and his voice gets lost in the notifications and the comments. They say that kids between 8 and 18 spend seven and a half hours a day on a smartphone. That's 53 hours a week. You know, can I just make a confession this morning? I mean, I feel confession coming on. I'll just tell you. You see, I'm one of those guys that I have to deal with red dots. You get the little red dots. And when I get red dots, let me just immediately, I hate those unread emails, unread messages. So I will, I, I, I'm getting distracted. I go, what did they say? What did they do? You know what I mean? I have to work. I have to work. And, ah, it's, like, it's like this pool. What's the red? What, what are they saying? Y'all pray for me. Here's what I've learned. I can't go digital until I spend time with God. Every morning I get up and I, I, I just I have a discipline. I read five chapters a day. I read a devote, I have a devotional. I spend time with God. But what I don't do is I don't pick up my phone because that would be the easiest thing to pick up the first thing in the morning. Are you hearing me? So you know what I do? I don't, in order this, all my music is old school. It's on an iPod that doesn't have any notifications. Okay, it's old school. There's this old iPod. It's like that thick, you know what I mean? But if you want to hear God's voice, you must eliminate distractions. And you get out your Bible. It actually has pages. This is a Bible. Have you ever seen one of these? Because now we have Bible apps and all those things, and people just don't read. They read the Bible, but they don't use the pages. And you know what? I write on my pages. I, I want God to speak to me. And so get out the old school Bible, you know? All of hell is trying to keep us away from God. How many believe that? You see, uh, sometimes, I, watch what happens in this story. Jesus, uh, uh, same Jesus, but two different outcomes. Luke chapter 10, verse 39 through 40, it says, And she had a sister named Mary, who seated, who seated herself at the, at, Lord, at the Lord's feet and was listening to his teaching. But Martha 
overly occupied and too busy, was distracted with much serving. Sometimes we get so busy serving the, the Lord, we forget to spend time with God. See, to hear God's voice, I must turn down the world's volume somewhere in my life. It wants me, just like it wants you. I'm in the right church. See, Luke 8, 14 says, The seed that fell among the weeds stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. They don't mature. Has anyone ever tried to grow a weed? Now, I'm saying, oh, I, know, I know what some of you are. Oh, I grew weed, Pastor Bob. I mean, back in the day. I'm not talking about that weed. You know, I did too. But anyway, I did that for three months on a farm. But anyway, I was into cultivating and smoke and finding samples I could smoke. Anyway, weeds just grow. And, there's the, and, and then when there's a garden, you know, if, it, if neglected, weeds can overtake that garden. And see, here's the thing. The third point I want to talk to you is called the, the immature heart. This is the person that says, I'm saved and I'm just fine, you know, right where I'm at. I really want to go deeper. God has so much more from me. It, it will just, uh, you know, I, I, I just don't know. I, I, I know I need to probably swim in deeper waters. Stop allowing the fear to dictate how much of God you have. Listen to me. You have as much of God as you want. Thank you for all those amens. Stop allowing the fear. See, God, can I tell you, it's time, can I tell you something? Look at me. It's time to grow up. See, I can have a conversation with my wife, and it's a mature conversation. But I can have a conversation with my my two-year-old grandson, Timothy, which I call Tim Tim. And he can come and he go, Papa. He calls me Papa, Papa, Papa. I go, what you want, Tim Tim? Cookies. Last night, that's what it was. My wife makes these chocolate chip cookies with milk chocolate. I mean, I mean, Lord, oh, I feel the glory right now. But anyway. And, and, and he's coming and he's coming. He goes, cookies, Papa. Cookies. See, my conversation with Timothy is much different than my conversation that I have with my wife. I have the ability to communicate much better, but then... But then, you know, for him to receive, he's just immature. How many times I've walked with people, and what happens is when it comes to a point in their life where God's wanting them to grow, they go back to a place and they allow the immaturity of their walk and their immaturity of their life to get in the way of what God wants to do in their life. And it's the sad thing is that you watch people that are doing so well, and they come to a crossroads in their life, and all of a sudden you try to you don't you, you try to correct them only to only it's really to, to direct them. And see, when you have to bring correction in someone's life, there's one or two things. Some people take it as rejection, and other people see it. This is correction. This is getting me on the course I need to go on. Hello. And, and see, what has to happen for all of us is that we have to be willing to learn and say, you know, some of you are dissatisfied at the level of communication. God has with you, but maybe it's because you need to grow up a little bit. God's just saying, hey, it's time to grow up. When is the last time you looked at your spiritual life and said, I really need to go deeper? 
It takes discipline to grow in maturity. The Bible actually teaches us how to mature. See, in Hebrews, it says, look at what it says, Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. It says, since we are, we, there's the we, we are surrounded by so many examples of faith, we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially sin that distracts us. We must run the race that lies ahead of us and never give up. We must focus on Jesus. When is the last time you went to a life group so you could talk about the things in your heart that were weighing you down? I know I was talking to Joey before the service, and he was just telling me what the life group and how God's just doing things in his life group. And that blesses me. He said, Pastor, but we have like 30 people. I mean, God's just doing things. And, and I'm, I looked at him and said, you know, Joey, that's what blows my mind, how our churches are growing. We're, we're averaging almost 1,200 people a week coming to our churches, to, th- to our three campuses. And I look at, I tell people, he said, Pastor, Pastor, what's your secret? There ain't no secret. I ain't that good, and I ain't that smart. It's got to be God. Amen? Amen? And that's what it is. You know, mature people expose darkness in their soul. Immature people hide. It's just, I, I know this guy, he was a teacher, and he was dealing with lust. And he was on this workout thing, and he goes, and he's working out, and he's going through this obstacle course. He goes, I am being tempted. I hate lust. I mean, he's like, he's working out. He's just like, God, help get rid of this lust that I have. And, you know, you know, and people are listening to him. My God, how honest is this guy being? You know what? I appreciate that about him. You know why? Because he's going, he's just being real. Come on. When's the last time you went to the mall, and you're walking down, or in Walmart, and he goes, I I hate Brenda. Now, if your name's Brenda, I don't hate you. But Lord, let me love Brenda. Lord, please let me love Brenda. I hate her. And you have that struggle on the inside. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I remember one time I was praying for this guy. God began to speak to me. He said, and this guy that was actually saying some things about me and Pastor Jacob one time that weren't even true. And the Lord told me, he said, Bubba, I want you to pray for him. I said, that's easy, God. God, kill him. <laughs> and God said, no, son. He said, I want you to pray that I bless him. Oh. How many of you know that's the last thing you want to do sometimes? And I start praying. And every morning I get up and go, Lord, bless T-Boy. Well, you know what I mean? Just bless him. Bless him. And one day I'm walking in Toys R Us and he sees me. He goes, hey, Bubba. He said, man, what you been up to? And I go, man, I've been praying God bless you. Because inside I wanted to go, I wanted to pimp slap him. I'm just being real. Now, if you want to go to the church of the first deceived, continue to go there. But if you want to come to the church of we're going to be real and lay it out, maybe you found your home. But see, here's the thing. You can't mature on your own. You need people that will hold you accountable. And that's, I mean, I mean, Zach's my oldest son. But there was moments in his life that I had to teach him. Things that he had to learn. When he was little, he had a spirit of lying on him. It's the truth. 
All of his other brothers used to like, he always gets away with everything. He lies so good. <laughs> and his thing is he didn't want to get spanked so he would lie. Come on. But you know, I had to cast the devil out of him with a belt. You know? See, I didn't believe in spanking. I believed in whooping. And different ones in my children, they dealt with different things. Andrew was sneaky and he would hide things. Is that right? I mean, one day I told him, he said, son, let me tell you something. He was like into breaking colors. Like every color we ever had, he would rip the paper off and he would smell them and break them. And literally he would just like... He was getting high off of Crayolas. I don't know what gold does to you or, you know, or funky blue or whatever. I don't know what it was doing. And one day I'm coming home and I go, Tracy, where's Andrew? He goes, I don't know. He's been in this room. He's been kind of quiet today. And I told him, I said, son, don't you break any colors anymore. Don't you tear the paper. Daddy's going to whip your butt. And I remember I get in this room and I'm just kind of quiet. I'm going to sneak on him. And I, and I see his little boot, cowboy boots, sticking out of the corner of his closet. And he's literally in the corner of the closet. And I see, he didn't see me yet. And he's got colors. And he's ripping the paper off and he's going. <laughs> and I remember I go, Andrew, and he went, oh, I grabbed this booty. Don't spank me, daddy. <coughs> Thank God he didn't have, he didn't grow up having habits of. Breaking colors. But I've learned this. You can't grow by yourself. You need people that can hold you accountable. People that can help you. And listen, I'm not a pastor up here doing my own thing. I'm a pastor that's pastored well by my pastor that I've had for 38 years. And I have other pastors in my life. Pastor Zach is not by himself. He has me as his daddy and his pastor, and he has other men in his life. All the people that I look to as mentors and pastors, I pass them along to all my guys, from Zach to Josh to Jamie. Why? I don't want to be greedy with what God has used men and people in my life to hold back from what God wants to do in their life. Listen. You know what? That's what life groups should be about. That's what freedom's all about. Hey, I want to be free. Then let's be a little open. See, we all need people in our life who aren't impressed by us. You go, hey, man, I did this and I did that. They go, really? Okay. That's good. How's your marriage? Why do you want to talk about that? How, what, how are your children doing? That's what my pastor wants to talk about. People that know who you really are. People that can see beyond the mask that we wear. Aren't we good with that sometimes? How you doing? Oh, good. He walked by. Maturity comes when you stop making excuses and, tar- and start making changes. Some of us can't hear God because we have a polluted heart. We have a distracted heart or we have an immature heart. Let me just, this is the last point. And it's in Luke chapter 8, verse 15. But the seed on good soil stands for those who with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by preserving produce, produce a crop. Here's the last one, a prepared heart. How do we have... How do you get a prepared heart? First of all, 
like I shared earlier, you repent, you change your direction. I was doing, going this way, and I realized my wrong. I realized if I continue in this, I will not grow. I will be stumped. I'll never find what God has really has for my life or the direction or the purpose for my marriage and my children. Because, see, let me tell you something. You stay somewhere long enough, you just starve yourself. Hello. How many of you know that's why you got to move animals around? If you leave sheep in one's place, they're going to defecate on it. They're going to eat all the grass, and they're going to end up dying. That's why God, in our own lives, he wants you to go, let's not stay there, and then refocus. Some of us need to refocus and allow the word of God to become something that we begin to focus upon and allow the word of God to speak to us. This book is alive. There's words of life. If you need to be refreshed, there's living water to drink in this thing. You see, and, and, and I believe this is, and then, how many of you know we talk about revival, but revival is, this, is when, God gets, when God gets so sick and tired of being misrepresented, he begins to show up himself. He just shows up. You ask God to bring this. God, just show up in my life. I need personal revival, God. 2 Corinthians says this, Let, let's make a clean break from everything that defiles or distracts us. Isn't that a good word? I mean, a clean break, with, both within and without. Let's make our entire lives fit in holy temples for the worship of God. Amen. See, the doldrums is a place where the wind doesn't blow in the sea. You can be like a cell. You become a cell, but you're stuck with no wind. You're trapped. Man, where's the wind? And today, many of you find your relationship with God in the doldrums. And you're asking this. How do I get out of this so I can hear God's voice? Hello, am I in the right place? You see, you're a mom and there's no wind. And you're still expected to be a mom. Your spouse and the fires die. You're still expected to be a good husband or a good wife. See, what happens is when there's no wind. And see, you get in the, the doldrums and it's like, where is it? And that's when you go, God, here I am. Breathe on me. Just breathe on me. I don't want to stay at this place. I don't want to be distracted. I don't want to be down. God, I, 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 don't want to, I, I, don't, I don't want to be immature. I don't want the pollution that's been in my life to continue to stay. God, do something new. Do something fresh. I've learned this. It's kind of like the old bread commercial. If it's not fresh, it ain't worth it. And for many of us, I believe this. God wants you to enjoy a freshness in your walk with him. How many of you can't live off of yesterday's word? That's why the children of Israel had to go out every day. It's an example to us. Because, see, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. It just shows us by example that every day I need to go like the children of Israel and get that manna that's fresh. And after a certain time during the day, for a new day, the manna would rot, and they'd have to get the fresh manna the next day. And for many of us... You know, many of you go, man, Pastor Bubba, I, you talked about spiritual family earlier. I just feel like 
I'm just stuck. Listen, the one thing we don't want in this place is you have a religion because that doesn't get you anywhere. I could talk about religion all day long. Y'all know my story. My mom was met, my mother was Methodist, my dad was Baptist. My mama's mama was charismatic. My daddy's mama was Jehovah Witness. My mama left my dad and married another man. He was Catholic. I didn't need religion. I needed out of my state of confusion. And when I met Jesus, think about this. Today's the fifth. In 10 days, I've walked with God for 38 years. Look at me. Before Jesus, I couldn't do anything consistent for 38 minutes. That's the truth. You see, listen to me. If you're desperate enough, you'll go all in. God, here I am. Just do that work. How do you, how do you go all in, Pastor Bubba? I love coming here because y'all ask good questions. Deal with the pollution in your heart first. Come on. Just deal with it. Eliminate the distractions in your life. And ask God, look at me, ask God to grow you up. Because see, here's the thing. God's voice is the clearest when you have a prepared heart. You know all these guys out here that have, grow rice in Crowley area? They prepare the ground. It's a lot of work. But they prepare it. And they don't put weeds in there. They put things in the soil or they have certain chemicals that they try to eliminate the weeds so it doesn't take away the crop. And so when they apply the seed to the soil, the rice begins to grow. And you know, the first time that I came to Crowley and I met the mayor, Mayor Jones and Zach and I, and he, he gave us a pen. And on the pen, God really spoke to me. It was a picture of rice that was harvested. And I felt like the Lord said, there's many people in this region that are going to be harvested from me. So I, you know what? I don't call this the Crowley Church. You know what I call this? I call this the Harvest Campus. Come on. You can give the Lord a hand. There's a harvest coming. And a harvest is our hearts, people. Because guess what? People matter to God. See, as churches, we can go numbers. You know, how many of y'all, I mean, how, y'all, how many of y'all running like we're running cattle? No, we care for you because you know what our greatest desire is? This is what our greatest desire is, that you would know God, that your marriage would grow strong. Come on. And you would raise up great kids. Who doesn't want that? You know, I look, I have six children. They're not all perfect. There's some days I'm blessed with them. Other days I want to say, Lord, you you help me bring them in. I want to take them out. (laughs) It's the truth. I want to tell a story about one of my sons, and I'm going to let it go. And Zach probably knows. This is my son, Nathan. He's my fourth son. He's good looking, tall. He's single. (laughs) But can I tell you something? When he was a a junior in high school, he started getting involved in drugs. He quit the football team. He's going to be starting strong safety. Fastest white boy on the team. That doesn't say much. 
Baseball player, great athlete, all those things. And then he got involved in drugs and he, he didn't have money, so he started stealing. Stole everything that was valuable from me and my wife. Kicked him out of the house several times. Went and tried to live with one of his brothers in Nashville, and he kicked him out. He was literally living on the streets of Nashville for a while. My wife found out, and she, goes, she bought him a one-way bus ticket. I was mad, but anyway, getting back here because she's just a mama. He got caught stealing, and he made the front paper of the Jennings paper. He went to jail because I had to press charges on something else for six months. Not fun. But in the midst of all that, let me tell you something. Let me ask you, do you think we were praying? Oh, my gosh. My wife just tore, tore her up. There was times we thought, man, we'll just quit pastoring. You know, people are going to think we just don't, can't raise kids. She'd come, we just miss well quit. We're going to, no, we're not. We're just dealing with every other devil everybody else is dealing with. About four or five months ago, let me just say this. He realized where he was and what he was doing. He had, like Zach said earlier, he had an encounter with Jesus. He didn't have an encounter with religion because he grew up. He knew what the real was. You understand me? God touched his life. I mean, just now he's working in Florida and, you know, he's working at a church. He's the janitor, one of the janitors, one of our family churches. They have about five janitors. They have camp, they have four or five campuses. And he's playing music for them. He's leading music for the youth now and, and for the young adults. And he's on the main worship band now. Just all these things. And you go, oh, my God. And then I look at it and I think, and then he's talking about Jesus. He's preaching to me. And sometimes I'm going, shut up, boy. I've been trying to tell you that thing for years. And what happened is he had an encounter with God. He had to deal with the pollution in his heart. I can only tell him he had to eliminate the distractions. And he asked God, he said, God, Change me, grow me up. And see what happened is God's voice became clearer because he began to prepare his heart. And if God can do it in my son, Nathan, he can do it in anybody. Are you hearing me? Because God's no respecter of persons. Let's 